Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Glad you made it. Hey, everybody looks good. Place is filling up. Come on in. We have some seats down here in front. Everybody get something to drink? Great. Now, as usual, I have lots of news to co cover, so let's get right to it. A state renovates a busy rest stop, and they add 250 more parking places. 250 semi-truck parking spots will be added between Tulsa and Oklahoma City during an upcoming rest stop renovations. The Stroud service area on the Turner Turnpike, almost exactly halfway between Tulsa and Oklahoma City, will undergo some serious renovations in the next several years as a part of an initiative to improve safety in that area. That service area, as it is now, is going away, quote-unquote, said an Oklahoma Turnpike Authority spokesman, Jack Damrell. Damrell explained that when the rest stop was built, the speed limit on the turnpike was only 55 miles an hour. But now that the speed limit set at 75 and the possibility for it to be set as high as 80 looming in the future, the state needs to consider how to better serve the citizens traveling on the turnpike. He says you have high speed traffic merging with low speed traffic in the left lane. When traffic from the service area merges onto the turnpike, that curve is dangerous, end quote. The current service area has become congested with semi-tractor trailer parking, and its outdated design isn't safe for motorists, he adds. The Oklahoma Turnpike Authority plans to straighten the highway on the south end of the current rest stop and add a building for the McDonald's and EasyGo convenience stores already found at the location. That location will then only be accessible by westbound traffic heading to Oklahoma City. However, another new service area for the eastbound travelers heading towards Tulsa will be built along the Turner Turnpike just four miles east of the Chandler exit and will also house a McDonald's and an EasyGo convenience store. Each of these new rest stops will also boast 125 truck parking spots, adding a total of 250 truck parking spots along the stretch of that turnpike, tripling the current amount of truck parking spots available in the area, which is only around 75. And they have a map in this article. When you access the article that I'll have in the show notes, you go on to our website at juliastruckacafe.com, go under the cafe menu, and you will see a page of show notes. Just look for this episode, and it will. there's a map in this article. 
Domrell says that he has experienced the current lack of sufficient semi-truck parking firsthand when traveling through the area earlier this year. Quote, there were semi-trucks parked on the entry ramp. They were parked on the exit ramp. It was a mess. Well, guess what, dude? Welcome to our trucking world is what I got to say. We have to take safety into consideration, he said. Traffic for us is growing. Safety is always our number one concern, end quote. The project was approved last year, and construction on the new service area has already begun, but the Oklahoma Turnpike Authority has yet to release a time frame of completion of the whole thing. Um, the estimated cost of the whole total build is $16 million and will be f funded by the tolls that we pay on the Oklahoma turnpike so finally it's nice to see i don't know about everybody else but for me it's nice to see that the money that i spent on the oklahoma turnpike will finally be going into some good use now in other news a trucker is crushed by a soundproof wall at a roadside construction site. Now, you know what they're talking about here. You know, so along some of the interstates, you see those walls that are kind of graduated down and they look like uh, artificial rock or whatever. And on the other side, they have a lot of bushes and stuff like that, but it's mainly like a housing development or a subdivision or something. They're soundproofing walls. That's what they're talking about. If you're not familiar and you're new out here, that's what they're talking about. A truck, truck driver was killed after a piece of soundproof wall fell on top of him at a construction site in North Carolina. This happened just Monday. The accident happened at around 9.20 at a, Carol, a North Carolina Transportation Department truck, a project along U.S. Highway 421 in Winston-Salem near Peacehaven Road. According to uh, Winston-Salem Journal, 37-year-old truck driver Amory Alexis Glover was in the process of removing the straps from his load of soundproof wall panels when one of the pieces fell off of the truck and crushed him, killing him on site. Glover was self-employed via Creekside Transport, but was driving for Total Quality Logistics at the time. The construction zone is part of a project to widen the highway, which starts in June of 20, which started, I'm sorry, in June of 2018, and is expected to be complete in September of this year, 2019. "Quote: It's allow more traffic flow through the air there and allow for safety and traffic improvements." End quote, said Steve Abbott, Assistant Director of Communications for the North Carolina Department of Transportation. It was a typical work zone. So see. For the people that are list are my listeners that are not truck drivers, our industry and our jobs are very dangerous. I mean, he was just unstrapping his load and it was sliding or something, and those are those are heavy, you know, they need a crane to pick them up and place them. So they're pretty doggone heavy. It didn't say how many pounds or or you know, that uh, slab was, but it's, it's pretty doggone heavy for him to be crushed. Now, in other news, UPS is going to start using Toyota's hydrogen semi-trucks later this year. Toyota has a, a new hydrogen fuel-powered semi-truck. 
which it unveiled this week, and the company says it's ready to be put to work. Toyota's Project Portal, a project which applies zero-emission hydrogen fuel cell technology to commercial trucks, it's been around since 2017. But it wasn't until this year that the project directors were confident enough to send their hydrogen fuel power trucks out into the world. The hydrogen fuel power trucks were developed with the help of Kenworth, and the first fleet of 10 are scheduled to debut at various trucking companies around Los Angeles. Of course, where they have the most emission problems. And they'll be um, debuted and scheduled to start at, by the end of the year. Four of these trucks will operate out of Toyota Logistics Services, where they will help move Toyota vehicles and products between ports in L.A. and Long Beach. Three will be operated by UPS, and two will be operated by Total Transportation Services. And one will go to Southern Counties Express, all these are all in the Los Angeles area. These zero emission semi trucks utilize a hydrogen fuel cell powertrain, which converts compressed hydrogen gas into electricity. And then the isn't there isn't any exhaust. It only emits water after the hydrogen gas turns back into oxygen and all of that chemical reaction and everything. I worry about the chemical reaction part of it, um, but it turns it into you know, electricity and then only it emits water for uh, a byproduct. So this combined with battery gives the big rigs a range of over, just over 300 miles. So we don't have to worry that they're going to be over the road because they can only go short hauls about 300 miles. Phew! Which Toyota says is about twice the average distance a truck of this kind can expect to travel in a single day. Shell says it plans to construct two major hydrogen fueling stations in California, in addition to the two already there, in order to help make these zero-emission trucks a reality. Toyota says that it plans to go even greener by replacing all of its trucks, tractors, and forklifts with its own hydrogen-fueled versions, which are already in production, eliminating carbon dioxide emissions at its Port of Long Beach facility by 2050. So, let's see, that would be another... What am I thinking? 31 years? Am I right on that? In my math, I'm trying to do the math in my head real fast. Being like half awake while I'm recording this. And I'm also recording this at beautiful downtown Rolla, Missouri, where I'm at this week. Um, everybody, I want to interrupt the, the articles and the news for just a second. But if you wouldn't mind um, letting me know where you're at when the show comes out that would be really huge any of my listeners let me know where you're at let me know where you're you don't have to necessarily let me know where you're going but you know where are you at or missouri or ohio or any place like that so give a shout out that would be great so a, a pilot in new jersey caught on fire and it's closed until further notice this happened monday night it, uh, the fire began around 11.15 on Monday in Bloomsbury, New Jersey. I have been to that pilot. According to the New Jersey News, when firefighters arrived at the Pilot Travel Center on Route 173, just off of Route 78 at Exit 7, flames could be seen from the bathroom and shower area where the fire had begun. Oh, uh, how is the bathroom and shower area going to start on fire? 
Um, hmm. First responders were able to put out the fire and prevent it from spreading. The Flying J has since announced that the location will be closed until further notice. They tweeted this out, um, and it was on the 23rd they tweeted this out. In the meantime, the company has advised travelers in the area to use a nearby pilot uh, less than seven miles away in Clinton, New Jersey. The incident is still under investigation by the New Jersey State Fire Marshal. So it could be arson. If the fire marshal is involved and they're still investigating, it's a possibility that it could be arson. Now, some sad news. A trucker is shot and killed after stopping for a motorist. This is why back in the day, um, we used to stop for people that were broke down or especially women with little children or anything like that that had a flat tire. I've known truck drivers to stop and help them out and everything, and we're always praised for being a good Samaritan. And then you have stories, sad to say, like this that really deters me from stopping and helping somebody out. A truck driver was shot and killed on Thursday morning, April 18th, after pulling over on the side of Interstate 20. A 56-year-old California-based truck driver, and I will not pronounce his name, it is just long and I don't want to butcher it, was traveling eastbound on Interstate 20 near Westbrook, Texas, when a car began flashing its lights from behind him. The truck driver pulled over onto the side of the interstate after noticing the car repeatedly flashing its lights. After leaving his vehicle, he was shot from behind and he died at the scene. His driving partner was also shot and was rushed to the closest medical center where he is expected to recover. Texas troopers arrested a 20-year-old suspect, Brandon Christopher Madrid, at the scene. He had been charged with murder, aggravated assault, causing serious bodily injury, and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and is being held on a $700,000 bond. That's not high enough. I'm sorry. Texas DPS says that a motive for the shooting is not clear and is likely that the truck driver knew, never knew what hit him. Um, this still remains under in- investigation. Now for our top story, police use a drone to show how serious they are about the move over enforcement. So beware guys and gals, they are now starting to use drones to catch speeders, to catch people that won't move over when a officer emergency vehicles on the side of the road and you know yourself, they're small, you're not going to be able to see them. Law enforcement officers across Illinois are ramping up move over enforcement after three troopers were killed during traffic stops just this year alone. An Illinois sheriff has shared unique drone footage showing just how quickly and efficiently they are pulling over drivers who fail to move over for emergency vehicles. One note, don't forget y'all, our semi-trucks are rolling billboards. They don't have no problem trying to find your butt. They could zoom in on your tag, besides uh, all sorts of signs plastered all over your truck. They don't have a problem finding you. You can run, but you can't hide. Uh, uh, Back to the article. On Monday, April 15th, tax day, the Clark County Sheriff's Office shared a video clip featuring a major move-over, or as it's known, Scott's law enforcement detail. In this video, you could see police pulling over a semi and a passenger vehicle. Clark County Sheriff's Office says they caught 10 drivers in violation of Scott's Law in just two hours. Let me repeat that. 
they said they caught 10 drivers in violation of Scott's law in just two hours. Law enforcement agencies across Illinois are ramping up Scott's law enforcement after 16 state troopers were hit by vehicles while performing traffic stops just this year. Three of those troopers did not make it. And in other news, in Ohio, a semi-truck overturned and fell off of a Cincinnati overpass on 471. In this article at the bottom, again, that'll be in the show notes, and this show will be entitled, um, State Police Use Drone to Catch Violators, will be the name of this show. Dramatic video of a semi-truck overturning on Interstate 471 overpass in Cincinnati Wednesday shows a semi-load shift causing the trailer and the cab to fall over the bridge. Two people are hospitalized with serious injuries, and according to the Cincinnati Fire Department, the truck rolled off the overpass from northbound I-471 to 3rd Street in Mount Adams, landing upside down at the bottom of another road. Approximately 30 rescue crew members worked for nearly an hour to remove the two people who were trapped inside, and they were transported to an area hospital. And in last but not least, cargo theft trends shift as thieves alter their approach. Now this is from Overdrive magazine. Cargo theft trends have begun to shift through the first quarter of 2019 with thieves taking different approaches to stealing cargo, according to cargo theft recording firm CargoNet. The firm outlined two notable trends from its cargo theft data from the first quarter. Loaded trailer burglaries or pilferages should be viewed as a growing threat and are becoming the preferred method of stealing cargo in some parts of the country, and fictitious pickup activity is resurging after two years of being dormant. The firm reports that in the first quarter of 2019, there was a total of 140 cargo thefts, 22% decrease from 2018's first quarter. Cargonaut also notes that the average cargo value per theft during the quarter was $145,772 for a total estimated cost of all of the thefts, $12.8 million. Food and beverage items are the most stolen during 2019's first quarter. Despite seeing a 22% year-over-year decrease, household cargo and electronics were the second and the third most stolen items. California laws, California, I'm sorry, say that most cargo theft activity during the quarter with the 32 reported thefts, a 44% decrease from 2018's first quarter. Florida and Texas saw the second and third most thefts, with 17 and 16, respectively. CargoNet notes that there's been a significant increase of cargo thefts in Alabama, due in large part to an influx of pilferages in the Selma, Alabama area. Cargo thefts are down 19% since 2018. Another one says, This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. Do you know what a virtual assistant is? Have you ever used one? Well, if not, contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. 
by visiting their website at juliasvirtualassistedservice.com for all of your mundane tasks that you just hate doing. Are you a truck driver that needs to turn in receipts or owner-operator that needs to turn in receipts to his accountant? Do you have mundane tasks that you hate doing? Well, hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing. They do transcription, bookkeeping, website design, social media marketing, and a bunch more. So contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service by visiting their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's juliasvaservice.com. juliasvaservice.com for all of your virtual assistant needs. Also, I want to make an announcement that we now have an online store. I Right now, I'm working, I have some electronics up for our GPS and dash cams and going to be going into like CB stuff, uh, mainly for the new drivers and stuff, trying to save you all a little bit of money um, than purchasing out in the truck stops. And also I have uh, one kind of t-shirt up now and ladies tops and tanks and um, sweatshirts and hoodies. I'm, I'm going to be producing some more, designing some more in the future. So keep stopping back. I'll make an announcement in um, Julia's Trucking Cafe regulars first, usually. And then the next day I'll do it on the Facebook page, also on Twitter, where you can find us as well. Also, uh, I ask that you would subscribe to our email list and you'll get the show notes every week in your inbox that you don't have to keep coming back and trying to hunt them down on the website. So please stop by our new online store and also subscribe to our email list. And I will also be able to announce new things that are coming into the store or specials or anything like that. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of my listeners. Um, We are also on uh, Spotify, Spreaker. Let's see, where else am I at? iTunes, Google Play Store, um, a whole bunch of other places. I'm kind of off the cuff today. I apologize about that. I'm trying to take an eight-hour break at the moment. I got a couple hours left. I was trying to squeak in this episode. So it's kind of going to be like a little bit mishmashed. Lee is coming up here in just a second. I wanted to get all this in first. So, um, and now for Lee's Bullshed. Hey, Lee, how are you today? I'm doing good. I've been looking for that Easter money and I ain't seen him yet. Have you stocked up on jelly beans? Jelly beans? I've been looking for Easter eggs, and he didn't come see me. That's all I got to say, because I looked all over this truck. I didn't find no eggs. So. Well, <laughs> in a way, that could be a good thing. Well, I think I might have made him mad the other day when I was leaving out. He was running around out there in the field, and I was kind of chasing him. So I guess I made him mad at me. So, oh, well. Yeah, you chasing that cottontail again, <laughs> huh? Yeah, this week we're going to do something just a little bit different. I want to share with the audience, um, uh, not really a truck driving story that, oh boy, you ain't going to believe this one, but just uh, how uh, an incident occurred while I was out on the road and with a newer driver out here. Um, I was going eastbound on Pennsylvania Turnpike over there in Pennsylvania. And we got off in Carlisle, and I was behind a a large carrier, I won't say the name, 
but uh, the young man was Latino, and and uh, I come up behind him pretty quick, and I didn't see no brake lights go on. Well, I followed him through the toll booth and everything, come up to the stoplight right before the Petro there in Carlisle, and sure as a world, no brake lights at all. And I didn't think he knew about it, so I followed him into the Petro. I'm sure he thought I was stalking him for this old granny following him around the parking lot until he finally was going to park someplace, and I parked about three or four truck stop, truck parking places down from him. I walked over to him, and I told him that he was speaking kind of broken English. I talked to him, and I told him, I said, you don't have no brake lights. And he kind of looked at me strange, and he said, no, and I said, no brake lights. I says, uh, go push on your brake pedal, and uh, I'll let's double check for sure. And he got in his truck, started it up, and sure as world, no brake lights whatsoever. I said, you come back here and look. And, uh, you know, so he believed me, and, and, and he had this bewildered look in his eye that he saw that he did not have any brake lights. And he's like, oh, no, now what? He didn't say it, but that was just that look that come across his face. So I commenced, it was a Volvo, and I'm used to running them, and we dropped the hood, and I commenced to show him where the fuse box was, and he didn't have no tools, no fuses, no nothing with them. I went to my truck, I got some uh, spare fuse, I got my, I like using needle nose pliers and for it to pull out them fuses, and I went and changed it out for him. He was greatly appreciative and stuff, and I even gave him one of those little plastic pullers that I had brand new in a package that I really didn't need. And um, those are the kind of stories that why I'm out here, besides delivering the commodities that consumers need from Walmart to food to to uh, oil-soaked pellets to, for people to heat their homes, those kind of things, to helping other drivers out uh, out here on the road and in a nice way and not saying, uh, hey, look, jackass, you ain't got no doggone uh, brake lights. What the heck's the matter with you, you know? Don't come at them like that. And just be like an t- instructor, be like a teacher. He was only in that truck for three days. Didn't know nothing about it. Do you happen to have a story like that you could share, Lee? Well, the, the thing of it is, I, I know I, I was sitting over at the truck stop one night, and this young lady out there, she kept sliding the fans. And uh, I kept watching her. She go by way, kept sliding. So... Basically, I got tired of watching it, and I went over and asked her. I said, uh, hey, I'm not trying to move forward. I said, can I help you with this? She looked at me. She said, you've been driving a long time. I said, well, I've been out here a day or two anyway. So anyway, she showed me a weight scale. I said, okay, we need to go forward. You know, we got it all situated, and uh, she said, uh, can I have your phone number? I said, wait a minute. You know, I mean, I don't know about that. She said, no, she said, I'm new out here, so you can tell, and maybe if I kind of get in the tight, maybe I can send you a text or ask you a question. You mind? So I thought, well, okay. So I went ahead and did it. So anyway, every now and then, I hear from her, and she asks me a question, and I help her, and she comes back and thank you know, all the time. It's very appreciative. And I don't mind helping people like that. It don't bother me at all. Right. But, uh, a lot of these companies now, they tell these drivers, do not work on the truck. Now, which 
nowadays I can understand that, but, you know, years ago, we had to work on our trucks. You know, I mean, and I've continued that to do what I can do, you know, it's just part of it, man. I've been doing it for so many years, but, but that's what they do. They tell all these new drivers, do not touch the truck, and more likely, they didn't even tell them what to do if something's wrong with the truck. Well, so, now, I was, I was also told that it is a requirement under DOT that you have to carry a package of fuses. Now, when I say that um, I knew how to fix it is because I got shut down for the same exact reason. I didn't have any brake lights. The first thing the, the nice lady DOT officer looked at me and said, are you sure it's not a fuse? And I kind of looked at her going, no, because they were just working when I did my pre-trip. She goes, okay, and she wrote me a doggone ticket for not having brake lights, shut me down until I could fix it right there on the spot, and I dropped the hood, checked the fuse, lo and behold, it was a blown fuse. I could have avoided having a ticket. He would have been in the same predicament if I didn't help him, and he's not a company driver. He's buying that truck from this company, lease purchase again. So, you know, it. Uh, he was kind of on his own, and he said he just got in the truck, you know. Uh, but you have to you know the basics. I'm not saying overhaul the motor or change belts or change a big old air filter or fuel filters or, or uh, brake chambers or something like that. But, you know, to, to change a simple fuse or a light bulb, you kind of have to know how to, to if, especially if you're on a tight, you know, delivery time. Exactly, exactly. But the thing, I mean, the thing that it is, like I said, we didn't want a lot of them working. But DOT, if they want to fish it, you better have a spare fuse for every fuse in that truck if they want to fish it. That is DOT. You know, I mean, they can fish it if they want to. But every time I've ever had it done, they just ask me, and I say yes, or I got it, or whatever. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't no problem. I mean, if I want to show it to them, I will. You know, I mean, but that is one thing about it. I mean, but like I said, these companies now, there's so many people out here, they don't even know what a fuse is. Right. You know, nowadays, they don't know what a fuse is. And honest to God, I wouldn't want them working on my truck, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I think I'd pass on that one right there, but a lot of them, you know, they don't know that they're posted over the shop or, you know, I mean, a lot of them just push them out the door. You can drive a truck, start hauling freight. Well, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then when you're only in school for a week and then you're with a trainer for another 11 days, a whole total of 18 days, they, you know, they don't go through all that stuff because it doesn't happen to them when they're with the trainer. So they have brake brake lights being out or turn signal being out or now a lot of these trailers now they have those sealed bulbs or there's LED bulbs or something like that that it's got to be a fuse because those really don't go out. They last for years and years and years now and those lights lights are sealed they're not the pop-out kind anymore they got that metal ring that's riveted in on the back of a trailer so you can't even fix on it yeah if you wanted to well no you're talking about those bull rings on there i was uh going in to pick up a load of celery and celery most of the time we're right there about where it's blowing is where you pick it up you know they come in and clean it up do whatever you know 
Yeah. And it's darker and I'll get out. I went back there and I popped out a bull when it was off my, my lights. Man, I lit it up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I never did find out who that was telling me that because I was wanting to thank him in person if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's how I mean when I did all that because I had a spotlight on my truck too. But it dropped that whole back in that truck up. I mean, I can see just like it was daylight backing it up. But. We ain't gonna do that now. That's for sure. We ain't gonna do it. So yeah, no. That's like that. Now a lot of the the ones that I'm seeing now, I think they're on the freight liners. If I'm not mistaken, is they have those LED lights on the cab extenders uh, that are mounted on the outside that you could when you put your load lights on. They uh, and they run down the side of the trailer from the cab extender. I know you've seen them. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a, a few of them like that, but I only see them. I think they're on Freightliners. The last one I see them on, that they're right well, they, right into the load lights. Well, they went crazy with these lights. I mean, they got so many of them now. I mean, it ain't like the old day, limpid six, limpid seven. I mean, everything's you know LED. And I mean, I had one guy on the side trying to get it changed. They're riveted in there. You know, you gotta drill them out and all that kind of stuff to put them in there. Which um, a lot of that is the reason that everybody when the radio started going on, they carried fire down there and come back and they went out no lights in them. So that's that's where that come from. Yeah, and the headlights even they went from a uh, H1 or whatever to Xenon there for a few years, like 2015s and stuff. Went to yep. in in KWs and Peterbilts, I know they went to a Xenon bulb, which is a real skinny looking hourglass looking bulb with a little copper or brass bar next to it, like electrode. And then you have a, was it a capacitor or something? I'm, I may have the terminology wrong. Those doggone bulbs alone are $100 a piece. And you can only oh, yeah. get them oh, at yeah. the dealer yeah. or Napa carries them. They sure are. I, have, I keep having problems, well, not all the time, but my, you know, Freightliner, when you break your first in, your, your two signal turn light things, you know, they come on going down the road. And I'm constantly having to change them things out because they run all the time, hmm. you know, when you're going down the road. I mean, it's constant. I got down there this winter, and it's just a little plastic deal. you got to twist and pop it out, and the bug's in there. Okay. Well, it's kind of hard to twist it out when it's frozen in there, you know what I mean? So, right, I or got, corroded. Okay. Huh? Or corroded, if it's corroded in there, too. Yeah, yeah, it will, it will, but it was froze in there, <coughs> so I messed around with it while I finally got it loose, but it was froze in there, but that's enough right there, the old two, see that, that stopped it. Yeah. You got to light it, but it work, you yeah. know, just put it all you can, put it all you can, so. And something so. I've learned in the last six, eight months or so, too, is that, and never noticed it before, is that when you have your Jake brakes on, the brake lights are coming on on the trailer. I never really paid attention and noticed it before. 
And I'm like, why is this guy riding his brakes down the hill? You're always thinking of that, you know. He's got to be a new driver riding his brakes down the hill. And it was pointed out to me that the J- when you got the Jake brakes on, now as a safety feature, your brake lights are coming on. I went, don't that beat all hail. Yeah, that's like if you notice on some of the back of trailers, you know, your little clearance lights, you know, go across the top. Yeah. They turn the signal on. Sometimes some of them flash. Yeah. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Ours don't. We have the little ones on our trailer, and they don't they don't flash or like when you hit your brake lights either, you know. But some of them do, which I kind of think that's kind of neat, you know. That's just it, more stuff. Let you know. Blinky, blinky, I'm going to turn, you know. Right, well, yeah, yeah, Call it catches your attention to go, what, what in the world? Oh, okay, he's got a turn signal on, you know. If your, you know, mind is wandering or, you know, whatever the case may be, listen to our podcast or something, so, but anyway. Yeah, sometimes I don't think they realize what the blinky, blinky means, good Lord, you know, so. But uh, that's, Mo- that's just part of it. Most of them don't even know what that arm is underneath the steering wheel on the left-hand side anyway, let uh, alone, you know, using it. That is the truth right there. But I tell you that yesterday and today, I, I swear, every, everybody in the sun is out traveling around. And, whoo, it's been rough. It's been rough. I mean, I got out of the up there to D.C. I was looking at the front of my truck. Oh, oh boy. They said, what's wrong? I said, I'm looking for a sign. He said, a sign? I said, yeah. What are you talking about? I said, a sign says, please cut in front of me. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I was looking for. But it's been, been pretty rough. It has. Long, rougher than normal. I'll tell you that. It's just. It's, yeah, you I, were looking for that Easter bunny, and so was everybody else since it's Easter weekend. Exactly, exactly. But. What kids made like over there at D.C., they redone some stuff the way they want traffic to come in and out of the D.C. And they've got signs up and everything else, and I was just sitting there a while ago watching, and maybe about one out of five would actually do what they're supposed to do. You know, and I thought, come on, people, the signs right there, just go on and do what they want you to do. And, be done with it, you know, but they gotta gotta do their own thing, I guess. So Are you supposed to read those? Oh, I knew I was yeah, doing really. something wrong. Dang <laughs> it. Yeah, really, really, really. Yeah, you're supposed to read them signs and it says go straight. I mean a big sign says go straight. Do not turn. The first thing they do is just turn I I got to kick out of watching them do it, so anyway, so I told that one guy they was explaining that we got a new system here. I looked at that guy and I said, They'll write you a ticket if you don't do that. You know, <laughs> just he looked at me and I laughed. I said, No, I'm serious. <laughs> really? I said, Yeah. <laughs> so I said, One of them to go, they'll write you a ticket. I said, You see that right there? She watches. You hear me? <laughs> so she gets on me all the time and I ain't even doing nothing wrong. I said, So. But that's just the nature. So yeah, they just, just like picking on poor Lee over there. Yeah, I'll tell you, they do, they do, they do. They like picking on I don't care. It's all good. So It's, it's all in all fun good. anyway, so it'd be, you'd be all right. But oh, yeah. 
thank you again for joining us. We're just going to have, since it's Easter Sunday and everything Easter this last weekend, we're going to cut it a little bit short this time. But I greatly appreciate you working over the holiday weekend, and you keep the shiny side up, and we'll be talking to you next time. All right. Well, everybody out there, appreciate y'all listening. Y'all be safe out there, and God bless everybody. So, everyone, please keep it safe out there. Keep the shiny side up. And until next week. Yeah, we got a little Ain't she a beautiful sight?